and welcome back to the Saints Church Podcast. My name is Julia, and today we'll be diving into another incredible message from our current series, Family Vibes. So wherever you are, just sit back, grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea if you're like me, and enjoy as we continue to follow Jesus one step at a time. Here's Pastor Jeremy. Hey, Saints Church, so good to be with you. Hope you're enjoying your summer. Uh, I'm glad that you're joining us online, on TV, wherever you are today. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, and Romans chapter 14. And we're continuing our series called Family Vibes. The title of my message today is Joy, 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 Joy. Joy, joy, yes, seven joys in the message title. And I think you know what I want to preach about today, but let's go to the word. Ephesians 2.19 says this. Now, therefore, you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. The New Living Translation says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're citizens along with God's holy people. And it says, you are members of God's family. We've been talking about family vibes. We've been talking about what does that mean? What does that look like? And one of the most incredible things that we will ever come to realize on this side of eternity is that when we discover and we encounter Jesus, we are called to be a part of his family. We are actually brought in. We're invited into the family of God. And so now we live out our lives in a new house, in a new kingdom, in a new set of rules or life. And the interesting thing is, is when you come in, you have to learn some things. You have to figure out what's what and what goes where and, and how do I fit. And, and we worry about a lot of those things. But I want to talk to us a little bit about some of the characteristics and qualities that Jesus has called us to have when we're part of the family. You see, he not only calls us into a new kingdom, but he shows us the qualities and characteristics of what this life, this family, this kingdom is. And uh, if we're about to live in these family vibes or learn how the family functions and works, I think we need to go to Romans chapter 14. It says this, Romans 14, 17 to 19, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Come on, for he who serves Christ in these things he who serves Christ, who, who carries the family dynamic in righteousness, peace, and joy, is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue, so we're going to pursue joy, we're going to pursue righteousness, we're going to pursue peace, the things which make for peace and the things by which we may edify one another. Some translations say, by which we may build the church or we might build the family. And this is the call of God. Because if I'm understanding correctly, the family dynamic comes with three things, righteousness, peace, and joy. And we're called to live out this new kingdom, this new life, these new experiences uh, when we're a part of the kingdom family. And I, I think it's important for us as the family of God, as the saints in our families in our churches, that we, we carry these qualities, we carry these characteristics. You know, when you talk about your family, when you talk about your church, there's things that you're known for, good or bad. But wouldn't it be incredible if, as the family of God, we were known for righteousness, peace, and joy? And, and, and these 
things that we learn and, and the things that we're called to is Jesus calling us to learn to live out our lives out of righteousness, peace, and joy. And we want to come to a place where we learn these dynamics. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but some people just seem to have a little bit more joy than others. Uh, if it was up to me, and in my opinion, some people tend to have a little bit too much joy so much so that I, I actually have sometimes thought, like, this is not real. This is fake. This is, this is insincere. Uh, who lives like this? I remember uh, years ago, I would drive through one particular Starbucks. If you found Jesus and you, you are watching, I'm sorry, but this one girl was so joyful all the time in the Starbucks. I'm like, this is borderline crazy. Like, how is this even real? Like, I drive through, and you're lucky if you get a few words out of me, and God's been challenging me on my joy and my demeanor and how I walk with people. But, you know, some people just have so much joy. It's so over the top. But maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe in the midst of everything that we face, God calls us to be a people of joy. I believe that sometimes in our lives we struggle with having joy because we struggle with the expectancy of joy. We've put our expectancy of joy in stuff, in things, in circumstances, and when we, when we do that, when those things don't work out, when they fall off to the side, when they break, you feel brokenness, you feel pain, joy leaves. But when Jesus called us to joy, when the writer says that the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. I don't think it's something that falls to the wayside just because things aren't working out. You see, Paul wrote to the Philippians, he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. I mean always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Like all the time. I think we could read this word always. In all the ways we live our life, we should be rejoicing. We should be full of joy. And, and this becomes difficult for us because always seems to be a pretty inclusive statement. I mean, you, you've heard someone say, well, she always or he always. And then the person would be like, whoa, whoa, don't put me in that box. Like, you know, that's a pretty broad statement. Sometimes I do those things, you know. Uh, I, my kids sometimes where they're arguing, it's like, well, he always or she always or dad, you always. I'm like, whoa, whoa, I have made mistakes. I don't always do things that way. But we can talk about those things. But I think the things we want to come out of our reputation and out of our lives is that we're always there for people. We're always consistent. We're, we're always wanting to move forward and do the right thing and holding up integrity. But can it be said of us that we're always full of joy? Like when people experience your life, your family, come on, let's just be real, our church, do they come to Saints Church and say, man, those people are always so full of joy? And it's a challenge for us. And, and this doesn't mean that we are never sad, discouraged, we're never dealing with things. But I think it does mean that if 
righteousness, peace, and joy are part of the family vibes, the kingdom dynamic, I think it means that these things that we face in life don't have to affect our joy as much as they maybe have in the past. See, what I want you to know today is this, that joy is not circumstantial. Do we realize that joy can be present in the midst of any circumstance? In the book of 1 Peter, it says, you should be truly glad, for there's wonderful joy ahead, even though, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through the many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So this word to be glad, to be joyful, to know that there is a reason for joy beyond the circumstances of life is something that we grapple with because we, we wrestle with a broken humanity. And the call's not only to be glad because there's this promise that the trial will end like this. It's not this pie in the sky. Well, one day I'll be in heaven and things won't stink so bad anymore. And although that might be true, there, there, there is meant to be this life of peace and joy and, and right living because we carry the principles of Jesus even in the midst of the stuff and the day-to-day. But rather, there's, for a lot of us, this wrestling because we feel like we can be robbed of our joy, we can lose our joy in the middle of a trial. And, and now, even though we know it's not easy all the time. I believe that scripture is showing us that be, when we find our joy in Jesus, when we, we, we hold on to that, when we wrestle with that, when we make joy part of our family vibes, when we say joy is present even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances because we have a reason for hope and we have a reason for joy and a reason for peace, things begin to change. See, because joy is a kingdom quality, not a circumstantial quality. I think I want us to also understand today, and I want us to know that joy comes as we trust Jesus. I I feel like often when I lack joy, I feel often when um, I'm struggling to find joy, um, the more I get my heart and my mind aligned with uh, following Jesus, with trusting Jesus, when taking him at his word, um, I find uh, that reason for joy again, because we got to come to this idea that uh, because this is where he becomes our peace and our strength, where Jesus becomes our true joy. It's not about manufacturing something that isn't there, but as we uh, follow Jesus, as we take him at his word, that true joy comes when he's with us, he's beside us, he's, he's walking with us through all of the stuff. And, and there's a joy and a comfort in that, there's a peace in that, but there is a, a joy in our relationship with Jesus. In the book of Nehemiah, uh, one of our last series, we talked about uh, brick by brick, but we, we go back to that, and as they're building, there was struggle amidst the joy and the things that God was calling him to do. But Nehemiah says this in uh, chapter 8, verse 10. He says, this is a sacred day before the Lord, so don't be dejected and sad. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The one who's called you to do the work and called you for a purpose should be your strength, even in the midst of the trial. Trying times. 
we should have a peace and a joy that the world isn't supposed to be able to take away. And this is because it can't take away Jesus. The world can't take away your joy because they can't rob you of Jesus. They can rob you of stuff. They can rob you of things that mean so much and are dear to us in this life. And, and life can be painful at times, but it can't rob you of Jesus who promises to be there beside us, lead us leading us, walking with us, walking with us in these moments. And, and it's in these times and in his presence when we draw close that we actually begin to see that Jesus was always meant to be our joy, not everything else. You know, in John 16, 22, it says this. This is, therefore, you now have sorrow. But Jesus said this, I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. There's a day coming where the, the, the upside-down nature of our emotions, of our soul realm, of our circumstances will come into a fullness in a place where we will experience full joy because we'll see Jesus again. But for now, we, we make Jesus our joy and, and that's something the world can't rob us of. And, and I think one of the things we need to lean into as we're trying to make joy one of our family vibes is we, we lean into some areas where we actually understand we have to contend for our joy. I think a lot of times we think joy comes because it's like when someone tells you a joke, when, when someone makes you laugh, it's spontaneous, it just happens. And, and we're constantly looking for spontaneous joy in life. But I, I think very often in what scripture shows us is that we have to contend for our joy. And, and we want to be a people that contend for all the things that God has promised us. And if the righteousness, peace, and joy of God is meant to be a part of our family vibes, part of our nature, part of our churches, uh, I think we learn to contend for joy. And I, I believe that God wants us to contend for joy in three, three areas. I got to learn how to count sometimes. Three areas. I believe the first area is this. I, th I believe that we contend for this joy and this kingdom family vibe first and foremost in the life that God has given you. God has given you a life, a, you a place, you a purpose, you a family, and often we question why it is the way it is and why we're in the situation that we're in, but there is uh, something about where you are that you are supposed to be able to find joy and peace and, and, and leaning on God in the situations that you are in. God has not caused all the pain, all the things, but there are reasons to be joyful in our life when we experience Jesus. Um, in the design of the garden, way back in the beginning, God designed earth to be enjoyed. He designed life to be enjoyed and to experience God really through nature, creation, through everything, uh, because there would be joy in that. Because actually, all of those things, I don't know if you believe this, but it, it draws us closer to the creator and who he is and when we experience beauty and creation and all of these things, there is a joy because we, we get to know our creator a little bit better. And the message, it says this in Genesis 1, God bless them, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for the fish, the sea, the birds, and the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. And then God said, I'm giving you every sort of seed-bearing plant on the earth and every kind of fruit-bearing tree 
given them to you for food, to animals and birds and everything that moves and breathes. And I give whatever grows out of the ground to you for food. And there it was. And God looked over at everything he made and it was so good, so very good. <laughs> but then the fall happens. <laughs> God creates this planet. He creates the earth. He creates people to enjoy his presence, to enjoy his creation, to, to find the fruitfulness and the, the amazing things of life in it. But then with sin and the fall of man comes the curse and brokenness and the hurt and the devastation and the things that we experience. But I, I, I believe that it's not all gone away. I believe that God still calls us to find joy in the things of this earth. See, we can contend for joy in the life that we've been given. There were many good things in the earth uh, given to mankind by God, but the falls made it so much more difficult to find the joy in the midst of trial because it's not perfect anymore. It's like, Jesus, it, it would have been amazing to be in the garden. It was perfect. I, I for sure would have been joyful for where it was perfect, but even Adam and Eve wrestled in their own hearts to need something more and Often we have to come back to the place where we come back to seeing Jesus as our joy and we contend with the gratitude of our lives to live out this kingdom principle. And one of my favorite examples of finding joy and gratitude in the midst of pain and affliction is Joseph. Later on in Genesis, Joseph had a really rough life. The factual account of Joseph brought him through a place where his father loved him. He was his father's favorite son. Probably not a good idea to do that. Uh, but his brothers hated him. They throw him in a pit. They sell him as a slave into another country. He serves as a slave. He's falsely accused. He's in prison for a number of years. And he comes out with purpose and still trusting God to do what he said he would do. And he becomes second in command in Egypt. And when his sons are born, he names them Ephraim and Manasseh. And, and, and one of the meanings in there was because Joseph was wrestling in his heart. He's like, God, with all this pain, with all this stuff I had to go through, you've still blessed me. Like that's what he's saying when he named his sons. You've still blessed me. And I'm gonna find joy and I'm gonna find fruitfulness even though I'm in this land of affliction, in the middle of this pain, in the middle of this affliction, I'm going to find joy. In John 15, verse 9 to 11, it says this, As the Father loved me, I've also loved you, so abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And he said this, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. God wants you to find a fullness of joy in the life that he's given you. But we gotta get back to Jesus. And as you contend for joy in the life that God's given you, it will be a fight sometimes. But it's there, I promise. God's word shows us that. We can keep coming to Jesus. So first and foremost, we contend for joy in the life that we've been given. But secondly, is we contend for joy in his presence. 
Psalm 116, verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand is pleasures forevermore. Acts 2.28 says, You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Often when we feel a lack of joy, we have this tendency to pull back from the presence of God. Because we think, what good is that going to be? I'm in this downcast state. But it's actually the opposite, that as we move into his presence, as we draw closer to Jesus, that is where we find the buildup. That is where we find fullness of joy in our lives. Because it's when we find Jesus in a fresh and real way that no matter what we are experiencing, we know he's with us. So we we contend for joy in the life that God's given us and we contend for joy in his presence. So now the third way that we can contend for joy and we fight for it is we contend for joy by remembering our salvation. One of the best places to go and one of the best places you can lean into if you have not encountered or experienced Jesus yet is understanding that God's plan and purpose was to come from heaven to earth to change the trajectory of our lives and to bring us into this family that we're talking about. You don't have to live how you used to. You don't have to be weighed down by your sin, shame, guilt. Many of us forget this. We serve and we walk with Jesus for a number of years. We go on and on in time. But we come to this place where we sometimes we're lacking joy because we don't remember the joy of what it meant to be received by God, loved by him no matter where we were at the time. And we contend for joy by remembering our salvation. Listen to this, Psalm 35 verse 9. And it says, my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. The psalmist is reminding himself, there might not be reason for joy. I might not feel like having joy, but I will be joyful because I will remember and rejoice in the salvation of the Lord. Psalm 51 verse 12 says, restore to me, O God, the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. This was in a very broken place where we wrote, God, I I need to remember the joy of my salvation. I need to be upheld by who you are because I'm just so broken right now. I don't know what else to do. So he began to contend for joy by remembering the love of God for his life. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Now we talk about taking in the word of God and sure, and this is what Jeremiah is talking about. But when we start taking in this book, when we take in the word of God, it's all about Jesus. It's all about his plan. It's all about reconciliation and bringing us back to God. And when we remember God's whole purpose shifts to being in relationship with us, it brings a smile to our face because how could a God so holy, so just, so pure, so loving receive me, but yet he wanted to. And we find joy in remembering our salvation and that that word and the promises of God are to bring us close to him. Isaiah wrote this, though. Even in the wilderness and in the desert, they will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. And I was talking about this day of Jesus and this encounter of salvation. And and when that happens, there is an abundance of joy. And often in our lives, we need to bring ourselves back to the perspective 
of our joy being found in the rescue, of our joy being in the salvation of God for our lives, because when we do this, we can see a reason for joy in the middle of this wilderness world. I know there are so many of us that there are seasons of your life that are not easy and it feels like wandering in a wilderness. But in the midst of a wilderness world, there was a rescue mission of heaven to make sure your soul and my soul could receive the joy of salvation in Jesus. And it's a free gift. And as we remember that and we experience that, our call is to show other people that they're invited into this joy as well that God is calling them, that God is drawing them out of the, the stuff and all of the things to meet God, to meet Jesus, and to be full of joy because of his grace and his abundant life that he calls us to. Isaiah said this, Therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. When you go to the well of salvation, you begin to draw joy back into your life. But I would say this even more importantly, Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. For he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of water. Jesus calls us to himself to experience fullness, life, joy, to a point of overflowing where it spills out of us. Come on, joy, joy. Joy, 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 joy. God is calling us to live out our lives. These family vibes, this kingdom life, it's about righteousness, peace, and joy. God bless you today. Thanks again for joining us today. If you want to know more about Jesus or who we are as a church, head on over to saintschurch.ca. We meet every Sunday, and we would love to see your beautiful faces in person. And if you'd like to hear more, we have a whole collection of sermons right here on this podcast. Have a great rest of your day. See you next time.